Hi. Hello, friends. How are you all? This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two girls. So sorry. I burped at the exact same time. I really thought I could move through it. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. I am Sabrina. And this is an Encounters episode. But before we read you your stories, I really, really want to tell everyone that you need to come to Campfire Stories. Please. It's so fun. I like how you asked nicely. I said you need to come. Oh, <laughs> it's actually so fun though. I'm I'm surprised by how many people did come over to yeah. join Campfire Stories when we started because we, we did a three-month hiatus, mostly because the program that we were using pivoted and basically shut down for the reason. It pivoted. It shut pivoted. Down. I mean, it, it, shut down. it exists still, but not in the same format that we were using. Oh. It's not like it does. It's for musicians now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we were using it basically as like a live format for us to talk to all of you and bring people up onto this virtual stage and tell us your ghost stories. And it was so fun. And then we had to take a three-month pause as we figured it out. But now we're doing it on Patreon. And not only do we get all the same features that we did before with the live chat and getting to pull people up on stage, but... It's video now too. So Woo! we have some people that don't want to show their faces and they, they come on just their voice only, but there's yep. plenty of people who do and we're on video the whole time too. So it's fun because it's like we're FaceTiming with everyone and telling ghost stories. The only time I turn my video off is if I need to go get cookies out the door. There you go. Alrighty. Well, we have some Alrighty. ghost stories for you and I'm going to start. Yes. Oh, perfect. I love it. Take control of the uh, room, Corinne. My turn. <laughs> okay. Hello, beautiful spooky queens. I found your podcast a couple of months ago and have not been able to stop listening since. I'm a massage therapist and seven hours of silence a day sucks. <laughs> so thank you all for making my day so much better. Wait, I already have to do it to give you an anecdote. You mm -hmm. went to my massage therapist when you were in Boston. Yes. Yeah. And I love her. Hi, Cassandra. And she loved she's, you. She has no idea that we have a podcast. I've never told her. Oh, really? Yeah. She no goes, oh my gosh, you're friends with Corinne? I love Corinne. I was like, who doesn't? She goes to the same bar class as me sometimes too. So it's really great. <laughs> That's um, nice. Anyway, she put this heated sack on my eyes towards the end of my massage last time I was in there. Oh, she did that to me too. Oh my gosh. And after five minutes of being on my eyes, I just said, is this thing scented? And it had been silent for like a good 45 minutes. And I might've startled her. She was like, it is. And I was like, what is it scented with? And then she started to describe the scents that were absolutely nothing what I was smelling. It was like, she was like, oh, there's rosemary and there's, I don't know, like corn, not corn, corn, stuff like that. I'm trying to think. Nothing better than some corn smells during your massage. No, it was like rosemary and thyme and patchouli and, and corn like and corn. <laughs> it was all the, all the good things like that. But to me, it smelled like molasses cookies and it was killing me. I was like, oh my God, I could smell the butter. I could smell the brown sugar. I could smell wow. the molasses. I could smell the egg. I was like, what is this concoction? And she was like, it's none of those things. But isn't it kind I'm of wild? Like it. How sometimes you get a whiff of something or just something in your mind and then yeah. that gets created in your reality. And it's like, how is you this can't happening? Unexperience it. No. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay. how did I even 
How did I even get here? Massage. Now on to the ghostly experiences. It's lengthy. Bear with me. Some background on myself. I've always grown up with believers in the spooky world, but I've always had a healthy skepticism and try to eliminate all logical reasoning behind what just happened. I think, I think she meant to say she tries to use logical reasoning, not eliminate all the logical reasoning, <laughs> which is what we sometimes do here when we're like, maybe what do you mean? It wasn't maybe, the wind. Maybe that is what they meant because we do that. Maybe. maybe. No judgment. We do that. <laughs> You're a part of the triangle here. Yeah. Yeah. But however, I have no other reason for what happened when I read my mom's book other than I pulled something out of her book that I was not ready for. Back in 2006, my stepmom published a book called Spirit's Calling. Since she was a little girl, she's always considered herself a channel for the other side. Well, through the years, she's kept all of her writings from the other side and decided to throw all of her experiences into a book. Now, mind you, I don't really like reading books. Sorry, I know y'all are big book lovers, but it's always just put me to sleep. But I decided to give my mom's book a whirl and see what it was all about. I was probably a sophomore in high school when this thing came out, so I really didn't want to believe in the paranormal then, but this is what completely turned me into a full-blown believer. It was a quiet kind of day around the house, and I was laying on the couch trying to read her book when, no shocker, I fell asleep. Or so I thought. When out of nowhere, I felt something happening to me. Only way I can describe it is if you were to take a rug by one end and try to shake it out, and that wave motion it makes is what felt like what was happening to my body. It's kind of like what you said You've said like the circusy feeling. Yes. Although yeah. I said that as a paranormal thing and everyone quickly gave me a diagnosis. So. Okay. But other people have since said they've experienced that as a yes. paranormal thing. That's the hard thing. It's like, what is, what is it? But yes, it, it does remind me of that. Okay. Weird as hell, I know. I woke up, in quotes, I woke up to see my mom cleaning the shelves that we had in our living room and everything just seemed so calm. Well, about a week after that, I was laying in my room and I just couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. And mind you, I've never gotten feelings like that before. I, being scared shitless, called my sister into the room and asked her if she felt that anything was off. She stood in my room for a few minutes and said, yeah, it feels really off and told me that I could come sleep in her room. I thought that that was weird, but just put it behind me. About a week after that happened, I woke up out of a dead sleep. I fell off my bed sobbing and I threw up. I just, I don't, out of the blue. Yeah. I don't recall a dream being associated with this, even that night that this happened. It scared me so much that I said I would never touch that book again. On a good note, I love how this is like the worst PR for, or maybe the best PR for her mom's book. (laughs) It's calling. It's like, I'll never read it. (laughs) Wow. Now everyone's going to read it. I know now I need to read it. Yeah. On a good note, my mom is a saint of a woman as she put up with my asshole self and is surrounded (laughs) by nothing but light loving energy. So I don't feel like this was malicious or anything, just weird as hell. Looking back now, since I was a complete ass to the saint of a woman, maybe it was one of her guides trying to purge my devilish ways out of me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, And then they say, 
And for a little more of an uplifting one, warning though, it starts out sad, but ends happy in my opinion. In 2014, I was pregnant for my third time with a beautiful demon of a daughter. Mel, I was just kidding. She's the most amazing thing on this planet and my princess as she's my only baby girl. But she's eight going on 30 and this attitude (laughs) is no joke. I knew I was going to get my payback, but damn. (laughs) (laughs) So in April of 2014, I was five months pregnant with my angel face when I lost one of my grandpas. And tragically, Mm -hmm. the next day, I lost my dog. We were all devastated, but my stepson at the time seemed to be having a very hard time with our loss. A small backstory on him. He lost his mom unexpectedly in 2011. So the only way I could think to comfort him after losing his best friend was telling him that mommy was taking care of him for us. So I'm assuming the dog. Mm -hmm. So a couple of weeks of telling him this, I went to bed one night and had the most vivid dream that I've ever had. My stepson's mom and I were hanging out in the house that we were currently living in and just cracking up, laughing, having a good old time when all of a sudden our puppy dog, Ralph, came running around the corner. I remember just lighting up and crying in disbelief that he was actually here. After playing with him for a few minutes, I stood up and I tried to walk towards my stairs when all of a sudden, my grandpa appears out of thin air right in front of my eyes. I got the biggest hug I've ever gotten from him. (laughs) I woke up after this feeling so happy and as if I got my validation for all of us that our sweet fur baby was safe and happy and like my grandpa just wanted to say bye one last time. (laughs) keep up the amazing job y'all are one of the best parts of my day see you on the other side lots of love ashley oh ashley i love this because it just makes me think about how people are so connected in ways that we don't understand yeah animals are so connected to us and other species and we're just there's so much universal unconscious connection And I like to think that the dog and grandfather are with her stepson's mom. Like they're they're all together, even though they're not direct family, that they are connected and perhaps soul-wise are direct family. It really is so incredible. And it also was just one of those things where it's like, perhaps everybody's all together anyway, up there. Or, or whatever they're doing, they know that if if you need that feeling, if you need that validation, if you need someone to come and, and show you that your puppy is protected or that you get to say your final goodbye, that they're listening and they can do that. Like They can come together. Sometimes those opportunities are presented. Yeah. I think the hard thing with that is because I am one who has called upon. Yeah. My answer is just quite a bit. And there are a lot of people who whose loved ones have passed and they've really, really tried and wanted to get messages. I mean, so, probably more people have yeah. asked and haven't received something than have. Yeah. Right. I do think it's a combination of perhaps, you know, while desperately wanting it, having some kind of blocker up in terms of allowing yourself to be open to the paranormal or to that type of experience out of fear, or perhaps it's also that spirit has moved on or is waiting for a moment that you actually really need them for. I don't know. It's right, but it is hard. Yeah. Cause we don't know how it works, right? Like no. we don't know no if idea. everyone gets 
three hall passes to come back and give signs. And some people mm-hmm. use them up right away and others are like, no, I'm going to wait. Cause what if in 25 years from now they really need me? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think you would do? Do you think you'd say hello right, right off the bat or would you wait? I think it depends on the situation. I don't know. I, yeah. It really depends on the situation. Like if it's maybe shocking, I think I'd want to try to make an appearance. Yeah. But then if it's not and it's it's, it's expected, I'd maybe I'd want to like come make an appearance and be a prankster. So I don't know. Maybe I, know. I just always want to appear, but I don't know how it works and if if you can really right. if you're limited to the amount of times. Yeah. It just who knows? Who knows how it works? We don't. What would you do? I would probably wait. Oh. I think it would be hard, but I would wait. Because oh, it just patience. Yeah. I don't know. I just think of all the times that my grandmother visited my mom when she was having such a hard time. Yeah. And if my grandma had, or I guess it's my great grandma, her grandmother, if my great grandma hadn't waited and like, let's right. say she only got to visit three times and she did it all when she passed, those That's those moments true. would probably either go unnoticed by my mom or wouldn't have made an impact when they really needed to. Like she okay. showed up when my mom needed her. So this is based on a scenario where you only can pick one. Or like you can only come back three times is is really the scenario. You have three three times to show Three wishes and three visitations. You get three wishes. Okay. Or three visitations, yes. Yeah, other people let us know what you would do. It's an impossible choice because it's all about what is happening when and who else has passed too, you know? Like maybe your focus is other people that are in your new face with you. Also, how many, like how much do you know when you pass over? Like, do you get access to an entire lifetime of memory and events that are going to and have happened because time is made up? (laughs) Yeah. And then also like, would you, if you had the opportunity to visit anybody, would you go visit your family or would you, if you have all the knowledge, would you go like crack a, would you figure out who the Zodiac killer is and then tell the exact right person who that person was and crack the case from beyond. That's also- But are you allowed to change the past? That's the question. Well, it wouldn't be changing the past because the Zodiac is already- But Zodiac has been discovered who it was. The Zodiac killer? Yeah. Who? Recently. You needed to know his name in order to break the code. Wait, what? How did you miss this? I thought there was, I thought they had, what the? Wait. Back in 2021, cold case team said Zodiac Killer was ID'd. Okay, I have some reading to do when we hang up. (laughs) How did I miss this? We probably talked about it and it just completely left my mind. Apparently he was identified as Gary Francis Post, an Air Force veteran. You needed to know his name in order to crack all the codes. How the heck did I not know this? I know, I'm surprised. Okay. Well, right. bad example. Well, <laughs> we know what you're going to be doing after this recording. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just some light reading. I have a few podcast episodes I need to catch up on clearly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have a story from a listener. I don't believe they gave us their name, but it is called Encounter Chased by a Dark Figure with My Dog at Night. Oh. Oh. We can call them Sunny. Okay. Perfect. Hi, you can call me Sunny. 
And I will never walk my dog at night again after we had a spooky (laughs) and honestly terrifying experience. I love the intro. It's like, here's my name and one thing I will absolutely never do again. (laughs) Fun fact. I live in central New Jersey. Not sure if that matters. It does because I'm from Jersey too. And also people like to say there's no central Jersey, but hey, sunny here. Backing me up. Okay. Not sure that matters. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right across the street from an elementary school. That's where Sunny lives. Okay. Myself and my two sisters were currently attending this school. So we, just like many others, felt safe walking around its perimeter and playing on the field surrounding it. The school is is on a plot of land about one big city block in size. The school is on the opposite side of the rectangle from my street and the rest is covered in a large field used for various sports and activities. The rectangle is surrounded by various roads with houses in a classic suburb style. Considering how many kids and families have lived in the area, I have always felt safe walking my dog at night. He is a Portuguese water dog and is almost the size of me. He is often mistaken by others as a bear when his coat is fully grown. (laughs) So needless to say, he is a big boy. Big fluffy boy. I love big dogs. I am only five feet tall, so I have big dog privileges while walking him. Mm -hmm. This particular night, we had left to walk around the school after the sun went down and we began our walk. I began walking counterclockwise around the rectangle and I planned to do eight or nine laps. But on the second lap, I noticed something odd. A dark figure was walking around the rectangle at the exact same speed and direction as me but on the exact opposite of the rectangle. At first, I paid no mind, assuming it was another person out for a walk. But after another lap, the atmosphere went quiet. There were always sounds of cars, birds, wind, and such on my late night walks. But in that moment, it felt as if someone muffled the sounds of life all around me. My dog is a very brave and loyal boy. He is afraid of nothing and loves to meet new people. We got him as a puppy, and at this time, he was about three years old. So I was surprised when he suddenly got very scared. Tails between his legs, cowering and scared. Poor baby. He began to walk faster. I happened to look up and noticed the figure, still directly opposite of me, even after three more laps, had begun walking at a slightly faster pace. Not quite gaining up on us, me and Doggo, but definitely would if I didn't pick up my own pace. We went around the rectangle about two or three more times until we were pretty much jogging, almost running, and the figure was gaining upon us. I decided to duck down a street, three streets from mine, and hide behind some bushes I knew were there, not wanting the figure to know where we lived. My dog followed quickly and silently. I can feel the anxiety they must have felt too, because I feel like we've all experienced that before where there's someone who you think has nefarious intent near you. And whether you're in a crowded space or not, it is terrifying to think that they'll follow you and do something. And just the panic of like being aware of your surroundings. What's the right move? Do I walk into this shop or do I go down this street and try to lose them around the corner? If I go around the corner, is there anyone there? Is it empty? Is it just dumpsters? Like what? So scary. It is. Yeah. I mean, even when I have Ubers drop me off, I've put an address like a couple doors down so that no one has my actual address. Yeah. I get out and I just start walking past my apartment. 
<laughs> That's smart too. <laughs> okay. We hid behind a hedge about two or five houses down the street. And when I was sure we couldn't be seen after a few moments, I peeked around the hedge to see if I could find out who it was that was not following, but chasing us. A moment went by and I saw not who, but it under the street lamp at the end of the street. The figure had run and froze under the street lamp. Due to there being a few tiny trees around the rectangle, I realized it was easily around 10 to 12 feet tall with long, thin humanoid limbs and an alarmingly long neck. Slender man. The worst part about this figure is that it had no features, no hair, no face, no clothes, nothing. The entire thing was an inky black void while standing right under a bright street lamp. It turned its head and stared down the street for I don't know how long, it could have been seconds, but felt like minutes, before slowly but surely turning its head and continuing on its path around the rectangle, presumably searching for us. (laughs) My dog and I stayed like that, huddled up behind this hedge for several minutes before the white noise of my town, like a light switch, flipped back on. I could hear a train go by, birds were back, some cars, and my dog suddenly began to act like his regular self again. We continued up the street going back around the back roads to get home, and I have never walked my dog at night again. The thing that is the most startling is that this walk usually takes about 30 to 40 minutes to complete. This is the eight laps that we usually do, but when I returned home and checked the time, only about 15 minutes had passed which is actually impossible considering how many laps we walked and ran and how much time we spent hiding. Oh my gosh, I literally just got chills. To this day, I still don't know what was after us, mostly because I'm also too scared to find out on my own. Yeah. I've always been interested in the paranormal and have done my fair amount of research on ghosts, cryptids, and even the fae, but I'm honestly too scared to do research on what this might have been. I still live in the same house, but seriously have never taken my dog on night walks after that. I've had other strange walking experiences before at night, but this one was the final straw. Everything always seems to try and find me when I'm alone with my dog and my thoughts. If you'd like to know about my other nighttime experiences in my neighborhood, let me know. And I'd love to see if anyone else has experienced the same thing. Attached is a picture of me and my dog. And as you can see, he is a big, strong boy, Sunny. I've got to see this. Oh my I've gosh. The sunny. It's oh, sunny with yeah. the dog on their lap. So cute. <laughs> okay. This is terrifying because it's just one of those things where it's like what lurks in the woods and comes into the neighborhoods. And it's just, it just reminds me of all the scary tales that we hear from people about flesh pedestrians and not deer and windy boys and all of those things that we're not saying necessarily the full names of um, because it summons them and there's many other reasons behind it but I just do wonder like what creature is lurking there and the one thing I've learned about New Jersey since being with Brian and his family he grew up in Bergen County New Jersey is not just concrete and Snooki getting arrested on the beach it is <laughs> wooded. A lot of woods. Wooded. Yeah. Garden Lots State. of woods. And even too, in the neighborhoods, there's so so many animals that come in too. Like when I was just at 
Brian's for like two days. We saw a ton of deer, fox, a beaver, like so many animals that are just wild turkey coming into yeah. the turkeys. Yeah, they're bare. So it's like there's all of this space in the woods that we don't know what's truly there and what could be lurking. And unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, they survived it, but they encountered it. Yes. I also, it's weird because we so often hear about a lot of time passing when it only feels like a shorter period of time, where this mm-hmm. one is it felt like a longer period of time and was actually a much shorter period of time, which is just, it's different. It's its not something we are used to hearing and kind of makes me think like momentarily Sunny slipped into this other side of our realm that has the darker th- things lurking. Oh, oh gosh. It's so much darker than what I was thinking. <laughs> that is so scary. It's like the upside down, basically. Kind of. Yeah. You don't necessarily know because everything around you looks the same, mm-hmm. but you've slipped into this other dimension. Yeah. You're now battling. Especially the no sounds, like nothing. Yeah. I, yeah. What I was thinking of, and if anyone else has read the book, Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children, one of the things that happens in that book is that there are these leaders, these women who create these like time slip bubbles to protect all of the peculiar children from being hunted down and murdered. And so they're protected in this like little suction bubble of time. And that's what I was thinking was happening here, that she and her dog were being protected by some force and like brought into this like section while they're hiding behind trees and other places. And for that period of time, no time is actually passing in the real world, but it feels like it is for them because they're hiding in this pause from the creature. Oh, I, you know, I don't think I've ever actually read those books. Oh, you should, you should. I haven't read the third book. I think there's three. Um, Okay. But I did read the first two and the first one was, I loved it. They made it into a movie. Don't watch the movie. I, yes, I I feel like that's a good rule to follow for yeah, quite a lot of Yeah, definitely don't watch the movie. It was like, uh, it was such a good book. And then they made, they dumbed the movie down so much to make it for like mm-hmm. a much younger audience than what the books were for. So that was disappointing for people who like the books. Yeah. Okay, what do you have next? Okay. This is called Opening My Third Eye. Hello, ghost queens. I'm so excited to be emailing you lovely ladies and telling you all of my stories. I'm currently binging your podcast on episode 32 and loving every second of it. I followed the podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and I joined the Facebook group, Stalker Vibes, LOL. (laughs) We love it. Actually, it's not stalker. Yeah. You're You're getting promoted. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would like to note that I have noticed that some of the episodes, like episode 20 through 25, I think, Like in the last 15 minutes of each episode, it's like this weird playback. Like it starts to repeat itself. What? I thought it was my Apple podcast app being weird, but it wasn't. Let me know if you guys check it out or if someone or something was playing a trick on me. Well, we haven't heard that before. No, that's weird. Sounds like you might be having a haunting from Sven. Actually, we have heard someone like say that they heard, but it's usually just like a sentence that's repeated over and over rather than 15 minutes. That's strange. Yeah, that's a lot. And for so many episodes too. Mm -hmm. Okay, before I get into my stories, I just wanted to say that, Corinne, I know you had mentioned that you liked the movie The Orphanage by Guillermo del Toro. 
I'm not sure if you've seen his other movies, but I think these would be honorable mentions. Okay, now we have some more. We've we have a big reading list from <laughs> Encounters now, and now we're we're gonna have some movies. Yes. The Devil's Backbone. This one's also in Spanish. Crimson Peak, Pan's Labyrinth. This one is also in Spanish. Julia's Eyes in Spanish as well. And Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. If you've already talked about these things in any of your episodes, I apologize. No worries. I don't think we have. So, okay. This email is going to be a, a damn novel, so I apologize for that too. A little bit about myself. I am 30 years old and Mexican who was raised as a Catholic, and I'm currently residing in Wisconsin. The past four years, I've been working on getting in tune with myself more, working with my internal energies, researching Wicca, researching stones that help my energies, and opening my third eye. I often confuse myself if I've had ghost experiences or if I've had angel experiences, as all of my experiences with the paranormal have not been bad or evil. Let's start from the beginning. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. That's a really lovely confusion here. My paternal grandmother was accused of being a witch in her village in Mexico. Even though she was a godly woman and believed heavily in God, heaven, angels, etc., she also believed in the power of natural remedies and herbs. Every time she would visit our family, there were always some type of homemade lotion rubs that she'd made for our pains and aches, some remedy for a stomach ache, move out of the way, Pepto, always <laughs> rubbed us with an egg to ward off any evil spirits or ward off el ojo. Mm. It's really, it's really long to explain, but if you're interested, just Google rubbing an egg on your body to ward off evil spirits. <laughs> I mean, we heard that in Encounters 180 too, so... Mm, mm-hmm. The egg stuff. Eggs the really egg help. Stuff. It does work. Good for eggs or lemons. Banishing evil. Yep, both. If it depends. Are you in the Philippines or are you in Mexico? That's true. Try them both. Try <laughs> do them both. Also, I just have to say, one of the things that I love so much about so many of these remedies and ways to banish evil is there's nothing like synthetic about it. It's all things that we already have, like things that grow in nature and earth and are like crystallized naturally. So we have all the tools that we need. Just got to get them. Yeah. And learn what they are. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which is why we lean on the coven in our Discord channel and Facebook. Yeah. Always learning. As weird as her remedies may have been, they 1000% always worked. Anyway. My grandmother had a hard life, and because of that, my father grew up seeing a lot of abuse in his family from his father towards his mother. He held a lot of resentment towards his parents, and it affected how he was raised and how he raised his own kids and his partnership with my mom. This is important later on. My grandmother was still an amazing person despite everything that she went through. She was loving, caring, spiritual, and I always wanted to have all of that empathy that she had for others. She would come every summer to stay, and those were the best times of my childhood because of her. Growing up, we lived in a two-bedroom apartment with six of us, both of my parents, my older sister, myself, my younger brother, and my younger sister. My older sister and I were close in age, about 18 months apart. When she was about six years old and I was about five years old, my dad had been playing a game with us, hide and seek. At one point, it turned into a game of turning off the lights in the room that we were playing in. It was the kids' room. And my mm-hmm. dad holding the door to scare us. Oddly, it was funny to us as he would try to tell us that we were so strong for pulling the door out of his grasp. And I decided it was time to really scare my older sister. And I helped my dad hold the door shut from the other side while my sister was locked in the room in the dark. 
at first we were laughing and having a good time until my sister suddenly stopped laughing and said, hello, but she wasn't talking to us. I thought she was kidding. And I told my dad to pull really hard on the door so that she couldn't get out. Oh no. This is like the sixth sense when he's trapped in the closet. I know. My dad and I both held onto the doors. My sister tried to get out. And with the strength of Hercules, she pulled the door open and ran out of the room so fast and was crying. Once my mom got her to calm down, she said that someone was in that room with her and she felt someone put a hand on her shoulder, which terrified her. All of the adrenaline in her system caused her to be able to whip that door out of my dad and my hand and used all the force that against all the force that we had to keep it shut. Looking back, I know it was mean, but we were just kids having fun and my dad thought that it was innocent. My dad held my sister and apologized over and over, even though he would not admit it. I think that this scared him too. Yeah, my God. I know, right? My dad was never a believer in the paranormal, but as time went on and other things happened, he now believes. I've always had very vivid dreams growing up, and even now I still have dreams with a lot of meanings. I will just tell you the ones that really stand out to me. When I was about 11 years old, I had a very weird dream that to this day creeps me out. In my dream, I'm out in the desert in some sort of old Western saloon. I walked out of the saloon and I turned my head to the right and I saw a violin playing itself and a candle singing. Picture the candle from Beauty and the Beast. The violin stops playing and the candle turns to me and says, look there, and it points to something in the sky. In the sky, I see a space shuttle and it's coming down fast and I know it's going to crash. I turn my head down to the left because I do not want to see the aftermath. And as I look down, I see seven little crosses by my feet. I hear the big explosion and I wake up from the dream, crying, of course. And I remember the next day while we were getting ready for school and telling my mom and my siblings about that dream that my mom just brushed it off and said, I must have eaten too late or something too spicy and had such vivid dreams. Literally a week later, February 1st, 2003, Space Shuttle Columbia broke apart, re-entering the atmosphere, killing all seven on the space shuttle. When I got home from school, I had said to my mom, who was watching the coverage on the news, Look, just like my dream I told you about. She looked at me, stunned, and said, I know. And that was that. (gasps) I don't like to dwell on the dream too much because to this day, it really creeps me out. When I was a senior in high school, my paternal grandmother that I had mentioned earlier was diagnosed with breast cancer in October. At the time, she had played it off like it was caught really early and she was going to get treatment that she needed in Mexico. In December 24th, 2009, we received a phone call from my aunt who had been living with my grandmother in Mexico. The cancer had spread all over her body and my grandmother had kept it from us. Oh, My aunt was calling to let us know that my grandmother wanted to say goodbye. She was on her deathbed now. That was how I had to say goodbye to my grandmother, over the phone. And she was on so much pain medication that she wasn't really coherent, I don't think. I would love to think that she knew how much I loved and admired her, but having to say goodbye like that over a fucking phone call, it just broke me. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. I'm traumatized just recalling how my dad was that night and the next few weeks after that. Like I'd mentioned before, he held a lot of resentment towards his parents, and about two years before my grandmother had passed, my dad had cut off communication with her. We still talked to her via phone, but she never came back to visit us again. To this day, we aren't sure why he decided to do that, but he regrets it more than anyone will know. 
We didn't get a chance to go to her funeral since she did not have one. She was basically cremated two days after she passed, which is what she wanted. On New Year's 2010, about a week after she'd passed, I had come home from a party early and went to sleep in my bed. That was the first night that I had dreamt of my grandma. She was beautiful. She looked younger, but I knew it was her. She told me everything would be okay and that she was always going to watch us. She said, tell your dad it's okay and that I'm okay. She then burst into a bunch of monarch butterflies and I woke up from my dream crying. I was so hesitant to say anything to my dad the next day, but something told me to. I went to my parents' room and they were in bed talking about something. I finally bit the bullet and told my dad about the dream and he instantly started crying and so did my mom. Apparently, my grandmother came to visit most of us that night. My mom had just finished telling my dad about her dream. My grandma also burst into butterflies at the end when she said goodbye. My dad said he felt something brush his hair, just like how his mom used to do when he was younger. And he thought that it was my mom, but she was fast asleep. He then smelled his mom's perfume and he knew that it was her. That is so beautiful. I know. My older sister later that day said that she didn't dream of her, but she also smelled her perfume when she got up late at night to go to the bathroom. My younger siblings didn't have any encounters, but enjoyed listening to ours. My sister and I both have breast cancer butterflies in honor of my grandmother. Mine is on my shoulder. My sister's is on her wrist. In our house, we have random butterfly photos, ornaments, trinkets, etc. in her honor as well. When I was 18, I lost my friend Gerardo, who was my childhood friend, literally my first friend since I was four years old. He passed away by suicide September 19th, 2009. He came to visit me around Halloween that same year in one of my dreams. In this dream, we were sitting on my bed and we were talking about old times, playing Power Rangers in the woods behind the apartments that we grew up in, the water balloon fights we had, etc. He told me that I needed to see his mom and she wasn't doing very well and to tell her that she needed to let go so that he could go and to tell Judy, his girlfriend at the time that he had passed, to keep the necklace in a safe place. Wow. I woke up from the dream, crying as I always do, and pondered how the fuck I was going to tell these people these things. Yeah. It's one thing to relay messages to family, but it's a whole nother thing to tell someone's family that their son slash loved one came to me in a dream without sounding crazy. I mean, it's kind of like your experience. (sighs) Yeah, with Sam. Yeah. I know. I was very hesitant to talk to his parents. As a millennial would, I decided to Facebook message Gerardo's sister and Judy. I started the messages with, I know this is going to sound insane, and I'm really not trying to be insensitive or play a joke, but, and then proceeded to relay each message. Judy messaged right back and said, OMFG, how did you know I had his necklace? Apparently, a few days before he died by suicide, he had given her one of his favorite necklaces as a gift. She said that she should have seen it as a sign, but she was just so happy that he had given it to her, she didn't think anything of it. Gerardo's sister left me on red for about two weeks and finally responded with, please call us. And I did. Long story short, they had his urn in their house per his mother's request and weird things started to happen and his mother was not able to sleep at all. After they read the message, they convinced the mom to bury the urn in the graveyard and ever since then, the weird things have stopped and his mom was able to finally get some sleep. 
I didn't ask what weird things happened and they didn't tell me, but I can only imagine. Yeah. Anyway, I have a lot more stories, but I will save them for another time. I do have to show you guys this photo that I took from Salem when I went Halloween of 2018. Tell me if you see anything. The trip was definitely interesting. A service dog freaked out when we were on one of the haunted tours. I saw orbs. I noticed photos came out weird when I visited the Burning Point, aka the oldest burying ground in Salem, during the daytime, by the way. When I got back from that trip, I noticed that one of the photos I took was upside down, and I did not take it like that. I will be attaching a screen recording showing my photos so that you can see what I'm talking about. On the iPhone, you know if a photo has been edited by the user, so the photo is originally upside down for no damn reason. I hope you ladies enjoyed this email, and I hope to hear it on one of your episodes. Keep slaying this podcast. See you on the other side, D. And then I do have to say, D responded again and said, edit. I told my mom that I'd emailed you ladies and she would like me to clarify that I did not come home from school February 1st, 2003. I came home from having breakfast with my dad and siblings. That day was Saturday. I roll. I told her this didn't matter. It didn't matter where I was coming from. And she said it did matter because she remembers that day very well. She was sitting on the couch watching the news with a hot cup of coffee in a quiet, peaceful environment since my dad took all four kids for breakfast so she could have some time to herself. She wasn't paying too much attention until the details of the space shuttle were repeated. She said it was like deja vu. She couldn't stop thinking of me telling her about the dream the week before. And then we got home and realized what was going on. Oh my gosh. After I told my mom, look, just like my dream, my mom was just floored. Just had to send you guys this edit to please my mom, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) But also, you know, that also changes the story because someone could look it up and be like, oh, that happened on a Saturday, you know? Right, right, right. To to give that correct It is a good... I'm zooming Um, in on the photo from Salem. I need to look at it. Well, so... There's the photo from Salem that was upside down, which is on the video. And then this photo is different also from Salem. Yeah. We'll have to zoom in later and, and see if we can see anything. It's and respond and be like, like point it out. I, give us, yeah. give us the red tape. What am I supposed to be looking for? I'm kind of scared. I'm going to scan every all the window panes. Into yeah. We'll follow up. Wow. I mean, D, what a life you have lived and what powerful connections you have with the other side. Premonitions, contact with loved ones, just everything. Yeah, that's a lot. And I'm sorry for all your losses, but I also am really glad that Dee told the family all of these things and the girlfriend because it does seem to have given them some, I don't know what the right word is, but it gave them some, I keep hitting my microphone. So sorry. But it did give them some type of peace, maybe. I don't know. That's not necessarily the right word, but clarity, perhaps. Clarity. The ability to move forward. And it's also nice to just like have that connection from someone, even if it's through someone else, but just to get the message into here and to his girlfriend having his necklace and just that confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. He said, keep the necklace safe. The thing that meant so much to him that he gave to her. Oh, it just gives me chills. She probably, I, I can only imagine how many people she's told that story to. Yeah. I have a story that 
it shouldn't be the last story, but it is. Okay. The subject line. I should have ended with D. (laughs) The subject line is Sabrina, demon hunting. Oh my God. In all caps. It's from our listener, Cherise. I started dating my now boyfriend about a year ago. On our first date, he told me that that he was not a medium, but that he has had a lot of paranormal experiences where he has seen spirits and demons since he was a child. Which is like either for people like us, the coolest first date fact or the scariest. (laughs) Uh, I think that's why a lot of people didn't want to go on second dates with me. (laughs) It's like, so they've... Lost out. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, did you want to go on second dates with them if they didn't believe? No. Exactly. Okay. He told me some very harrowing stories, which left my jaw ajar, and he had me sleeping with the light on for a couple of nights. Despite the horrifying stories, we carried on dating, and he came back to my house one night. We were fooling around on the sofa in the living room when all of a sudden he went quiet and started acting a bit strange. I asked him if he was okay, and he said he was fine, but remained a little off. A couple of weeks later, we were making dinner. I honestly almost said we were making out. Um, (laughs) That's just where my brain is from the beginning of the story. Okay. We were making dinner in the kitchen, and he randomly just asked me, do you ever get scared to be in your own house on your own? Oh, God. Now I am. (laughs) It's like, is he going to freaking murder her? Does he see a ghost? That's the scariest sentence from someone's mouth. I said, no, I've never felt uneasy or spooky in my house. And I've lived in places where I have felt uneasy for no explainable reason, but never in my current home. Why do you ask? Is there anything I should know? I said, he just looked away and kind of shrugged his shoulders. I said, please tell me if there's something I won't be scared, but please just tell me. After much persuasion, he reluctantly said that the first night he came to my house when we were on the sofa he saw a large shadow figure in the armchair opposite. He continued that he sometimes catches a glimpse of it in the corner of his eye every now and again. But one night in particular, when we were sleeping in my bedroom, he said he woke up and saw it standing in the doorway. I was obviously alarmed, but what I found intriguing is that my aunt had died five years ago in the living room where he initially saw it. I had never mentioned this to him, and he still doesn't know. Last weekend, we were at mine and he was leaving to go back to his house. He was packing up his things in the kitchen and was about to leave when I heard a loud, deep, guttural growl. I have a dog and it sounded like a growl that he would make if he was very angry or scared. So I craned my neck around the kitchen island to look in his crate to see what he was growling at. My partner looked at me and said, what are you looking for? Ross goes upstairs. Alarmed, I said, oh, I thought I heard something. My boyfriend looked me dead in the eye and said, did you hear the growl? My blood instantly drained from my face. Uh, I'm pretty sure as as white as a ghost. I said, I don't want to talk about this in here, so let's just leave it. He left (laughs) and I stood in the kitchen for a good 20 minutes to see if I could debunk the growl that we had both heard, but I was met with silence. My aunt was an amazing woman, so kind and caring. Her presence in life was always positive, which led me to believe that this negative dark energy has nothing to do with her. I've sat and thought about this for a while. 
I believe that the shadow person that my boyfriend is seeing has nothing to do with me or my house, but I believe is attached to him. And based off of one of the stories that he had previously told me, I think I know when this attachment happened. If you guys want to follow up, I will ask him if I can share his story. Uh, duh. I Yes, absolutely. I'm kind of scared to hear it, but I, I'm very intrigued. I'm excited to hear it. And then anyway, Sharice says, thanks for reading. Keep up the good work. Stay spooky. See you on the other side. Sharice. Sharice. I mean... What the fork? What the fork? And also, clearly Sharice is a brave person because... <laughs> Despite the growling and seeing shadows in her house and just all of these various things that the sky presented to her, she still was like, yeah, I'm down to date you. I need <laughs> so, to know all of the stories, like every single They must one. really like each other. Yes. We need to know. Yeah. I just, I don't want to theorize a ton. I just want to know everything and then we can theorize afterwards. So we'll have to do a Charisse part one and then we'll have... We'll read that one again and then hear Sharice's boyfriend's story or partner's story. Yeah. I need to know more about this growling creature that's All just exists in the house. Yeah. Because it's definitely not Sharice's aunt, I don't think. No. 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 Unless Sharice's aunt is similar to you where you just want to be a prankster ghost. And then that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> it's <was just> like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then if so, I would love to meet Sharice's aunt spirit because we'd get along. um wow yeah well thank you all for listening please Please email us your ghost stories yes and then join us on campfire stories two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com patreon we have campfire stories if you're in any of the tiers three dollars and above which is any of our tiers and thank you for being in the pyramid scheme thank you to christina for editing our show and we love you all and we will see you on the other side.